you for choosing iChurch Sermon Podcast. We invite you to get ready, get ready, get ready for what God has to say to you today. If kids will love their parents more, people will receive their ministry, and things will be better, better, better if you can do it, and I believe you can do it. I believe you can reach farther. I believe you can reach higher. But that's not the question. Can you do it? Yes. Can you do it? Yes. Hey, can you get over that sin? Yes. Can you forget that guy or forget that girl? Yes, you can. Can you get the dream job? Yes, you can. You can. You can. But the question imposed today is not if you can. The question imposed today is do you want See, the issue is not if you can or if you can't. The issue is if you want or if you don't. Do you want it? Do you really? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. Thank you for the blessing, for the opportunity, for the privilege that we have, God, to come before you and learn about your word. God, I ask you to speak through me, God. I ask you to help me, God, deliver this message the way it needs to be delivered, God. Help me stay focused. Help me stay concentrated, God. Help me bring to these people what they deserve, God. Right there where you are, right there where you are, I want you to intercede for me. I want you to intercede for me and ask God to help me bring this message to you the way it needs to be brought. Help me bring this message to you the way it needs to be brought. God, use me, God. I believe in you. I trust in you. And I put myself in your hands, God. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray. Amen. Church, we've been in a series this month, in the month of July, called Flip the Switch. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, flip the switch. Flip the switch. And in this series, Flip the Switch, we've been talking about how you learn to develop. We lost the TV. That's okay. We're going to still keep preaching and forget about it. I want you guys to listen to me, to pay attention to me. How you learn to develop and how you learn to release a power of God that's already inside of you. The anointing and the Holy Spirit already is inside of you. And we've been learning how to release it. How to flip the switch and allow it to come through us and not kill us but make us better. Just like a light switch. Just like if you see a light switch right here, if you were to unplug it and you were to grab the two cables and hold on to it, you'll probably die. But this switch right here is preventing all that power to come out. And the minute that we flip the switch, that power is going to come out. And all the lights are going to turn on. And it's going to make a huge difference. And so the first week, we preach about and saying that when you flip the switch, the first thing that the anointing and the spirit does to you is, is that it protects you. Say with me, it protects me. Say it one more time, it protects me. And then the second thing that we talked about it was at, that was last week, and we talked about how it shows that you are chosen, and it picks you up. And what you got to do to get there, what you got to do to be the chosen of God, to be the anointed of God, you got to have a good connection with him. And to have a good connection with him, the first principle is that it is not your ways. It is not the way you want it. It is not the way you plan it. It is the way that God plans it, and it is the way that God wants it. And once you achieve that, you become the chosen one. 
And today, the third message, there's a third, so after today, we only have one more. And if you've been paying attention, I believe it's going to change your life completely, put you into ministry, and put you in action with your purpose, given by God, appointed by God. Today's message is equip. The third thing that when you flip the switch, the third thing that the Holy Spirit and the anointed inside of you does is that it equips you. Say with me, I'm equipped. Say it one more time, I am equipped. So because it equips you, it connects to all of us. This message today, no matter who you are, no matter how old, no matter how bright, no matter what, it connects with you. This message connects us all because it has one thing in common, and that is that we all struggle. Every single one of us has a struggle every day of our lives. Some of you struggle with one thing, and others of you struggle with something completely different, but we have that struggle. We all have something we can't do. Am I right, church, or am I wrong? Am I right, church, or am I wrong? How many preach, church? Am I right or am I wrong? There is something that you can't do, and you know what that is. Some of you can't speak. Some of you can't sing. Some of you can't dance. There is always something specifically that you cannot do. And that can is the thing that unites us all. That can't is the thing that unites us all. The definition, the literal definition of can, the word can, as in ability, is to have the ability, power, or skill to do something. For example, she can, re- she can solve the problem easily, I am sure. She can solve the problem. She can do it. She has the ability already inside of her to do so. Then that can connects us all. That is the way that the world defines can as in an ability or a power. And for you, it might be something different. But for me, I want to tell you what can is. I want to tell you what can is. For me, can 90% of the times, my definition for can, 90% of the times that you use that word, it is the world's biggest cop-out in the history of mankind. The world's biggest, most commonly used cop-out in the history of mankind is this little word, can. Now, I know some of you are thinking, no, are you crazy? And some of you are thinking, yeah, probably, but this can, 90% of the time you use it as a cop-out. For example, my brother, I'm going to use you, bro. I love you, okay? And I'm not trying to make fun of him. I'll make fun of myself afterwards, all right? Can, my brother, every time that we go to Carowinds or every time that we go to uh, Disneyland or whatever, and I tell him, bro, let's get in the machine. You know the first thing that he tells me? Let's get in that roller coaster. The first thing that he tells me, no, 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 bro, I can't, I can't. I can't, I can't do that, man. I can't do that. I don't have the ability to do that. And he is so, so scared of machines. Like, he, he is terrified. And finally, what needed to come to bring courage into his life is what every man needs in this life to bring courage to our lives. That was a woman. He would never jump. I offered him money. I offered him 100 bucks, 200 bucks. I one time I offered him 300 bucks. And he said, bro, I am not getting in that roller coaster. And comes along Cindy. He got in a roller coaster without blinking. Right, Cindy? Let's give it up for Chris. Let's give it up for Chris. And every man, come on, let's give it up for the women that make us better. Women make us better. Cindy came and baboom, there was Chris. Yeah! It was a little bit more like, but he was on it. He was on it, you know? But every time that I asked him, bro, you want to get in the machine? His question is not, I don't want to. His answer is not, I don't want to. His answer is, I can't. As in, he doesn't have the ability to get into the machine. That is the biggest cop-out mankind uses, except for me. For me, for me, they tell me, hey, man, why don't you dance? And I say, no, man, I'm sorry, I can't dance. In real life, I can dance. I am like, 
top of the line, baby. Ain't no dancer matching this fella. I can do it. I can kill it. But when they ask me, hey, bro, can you dance? Hey, bro, you want to dance? And I go like, no, I can't. They ask me if I want to, and I say that I can't. But I can. I can. Right? Okay, let's, let's skip this stuff, okay? Nobody answer. Chino, erase that part, okay? But when they asked me, I said that I can't, but the real reason is that I don't want to. But we use this word because you are all laughing at me and Chris now, but how about you? How many times do people tell you, hey, man, why don't you do this? Why haven't you do this? And you say, I can't do that. Hey, man, why haven't you gone to the gym? Oh, oh, man, this preacher's rough on us. Why haven't you gone to the gym? I can't. I can't go to the gym, man. I ain't got no time. What you should be answering is I don't want to go to the gym. Hey, man, why don't you, man, why don't you draw something that I don't want to draw? Hey, why don't you cook something, mom? I don't, I'm sorry, just kidding. Why don't you, I love you, mom. I love you. <laughs> but the reason that we say that is because 90, but almost 100% of the times that we say that, people automatically validate the excuse. Isn't that right? How is somebody going to tell you, bro, yes, you can, yes. They stop arguing with you because you have the right to say that you don't have the ability or the power, but in real life you do. You just don't want to do it. That's why this message is for every single one of us. Now, I told you this message was going to be rough because in this message, I face you and I encounter you and I hit you with the reality of your life, and that is that the things that you're not doing is not because you cannot do them. It's because you don't want to do them, and you got to be honest with yourself. And when you come to that reality, it pisses you off. Have you ever gone to somebody and be like, hey, man, let's use the same example. Hey, man, why don't you go to the gym? Why you get, let's go to the gym. They're like, no, man, I can't go to the gym. And they go back to you, and they're like, yes, you can. And what do they do? No, I can't, man. Get out of my face, man. What are you saying? You saying I'm lazy? I ain't lazy, man. I can go to the gym. In fact, I can take you right now. Come on. No, I'm not, I don't have to prove nothing to you <laughs> because they don't want to do it. And that's why they use that, and that is why this message connects to every single one of us. You want to know why this message today is for you? Because there are some of you today, listen up, church, because I'm getting serious. There are some of you today that are in sin in this room, that are stuck in a condition of sin. There are some of you that are stuck saying that you're homosexual. There are some of you that are stuck saying that, you can't, that, 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 that you're addicted to sex, that you're addicted to drugs, that you're addicted to that girl, and that your mind is set on that girl. And the reality is, it's not that you can't get over it. It's that you don't want to get over it. Some of you don't want to get over homosexuality. Some of you don't want to get over that abortion. Some of you don't want to get over the past. You don't want to. You don't want to let go. You don't want to not have sex with your girlfriend before you get married. You, don't, you, want, it. you want to do it. But you say, oh, no, man, I can't, man. I'm stuck. I can't. I try to forget that girl. I try to forget that guy. <laughs> I try so much. And I, I don't, you know, I don't want to do I don't want to steal no more. I don't, I don't want to say I try, but I just can't. I just don't have the ability to do it. You're a liar. You are, uh, you're, you're stupid. And all you're doing is trying to validate your excuse because you don't want to get out of your condition. Now, none of you like this message because it applies to every single one of you. From me to the pastor to every single one of you, we all have something that we say that we cannot get over it, but it is that we don't want to get over it. Whether it's work, whether it's spending too much money, whether it's being with your girl, because it's not only sex, whether it's masturbation, whether it's stealing, whether it's lying, we all have something that we can't, we say we can't get over, but in real life we don't want to get over it because you love it and you feed off of it. And that's why you use the world's biggest cop-out, I can't do it. 
you don't want to do it. That's why you're saying that. I know what you're thinking. Oh, Josue, no, you're crazy, man. How about our limitations? Limitations. There are things that simply can't be done. There are things that cannot be done. Like a man in a wheelchair. He simply cannot get over. That is a limitation. That is part of him. And he's not saying he can't because he doesn't want to. He's saying he can because he can. There are limitations. There are limitations. Of course there are limitations. Yes, there are limitations, church. For whom? For you? Yeah. For God? Get out of my face, boy. Get out of my face, girl. I don't know what God you serve. I don't know why you're sitting in this chair. But the reason that I, that I come and preach every day is because I understand that there is a God. And the reason that I follow this God with so much devotion is because he can do anything, anything, anything. He's done it before. He'll do it tomorrow. He'll do it the day after. With his eyes closed, with his eyes open. Oh, my God. He can do anything. Anything. He can divide the seas because he did it. He can walk on water because he did it. He can resurrect people because he did it. In a world full of limitations, in a world full of people that give excuses, he still did it. My God can do anything. Oh, Josue, okay, okay. You know, that problem is not that there are limitations. There are limitations, and that's not the problem. That's a fact. You know where the problem comes to be? Oh, oh, you know where the problem comes to be? The problem is when you give all your limitations and make them as if they were God's limitations. That is a lie from the devil that has you confused, that has you stuck, and has you in a rut. My God has no limitations, so the problem me with you, it's not that there are limitations. Yes, there are limitations. The problem that I have with you today is because you give those limitations to God. When you say to my face that you can't do it, you're saying God can't do it. And I have a problem with that. And I cannot accept that because I know my God. God doesn't have any limitations. You have limitations, so stop giving your limitations to God. Josue, yeah, but I'm not God then. I'm not God, so I have limitations. And I'm saying, okay, yeah, you're not God. But how, where, where's that? all the Christians in the, in the room? Say amen. amen. All the Christians in the room, say amen. amen. Say whoop, whoop, whoop. All the Christians in the room. The minute that you accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came upon you and now lives inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is God. Now, it's hard for you to understand. It's hard for you to comprehend it's hard for you to accept it, and you live your life as if he wasn't, but the Holy Spirit is God, and that is a trinity, and that is biblical, and you need to look it up, my friend. That means that when you accepted God as your Savior, God said, okay, here, I am going to go inside of you. I'm going to have a piece of me walking inside of you. Therefore, even though you have limitations, even though you have limitations, even though you might have limitations, when you accepted the Holy Spirit, he lives inside of you, so you have limitations, but the one that's inside of you doesn't, doesn't. That makes you capable and that makes you able to do it. You still don't believe me? Look at Acts 2.38. I don't have it here. You guys can look it up there because the TV's gone. But Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 says the following. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive, listen, you will receive the gift, the gift, stop, a gift. And the gift is the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit within you. With the gift of the Holy Spirit is in you. The minute that you decided to accept God, the minute that you got baptized, the Holy Spirit is now inside of you. God is inside of you. He is with you. And that is what this whole series is all about. Release the power. Not bring the power. Not look for the power. Release the power because it is already inside of you. Oh, sir, I still don't believe you. That's debatable. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body, the one that's sitting down in that chair, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. A temple of the Holy Spirit. Look what it says right after. Whom you have from God. The Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, church. The minute that you accepted him, the minute that you said, God, I will follow you. God, I will be with you. The Holy Spirit descended upon you and now lives inside of you. So even though you have limitation because he is inside of you, you can do it. Because he can do it. You can do it because he can do it. You know, let me tell you something. I want to open up a little bit. I was questioning whether I should open up on this and whether I should say this or not. But I want to say it because I want to be brave. I'm not afraid to fail on this. I will follow God and I will listen to his voice and I will try it. Me and my girlfriend are getting married soon. Getting married soon in like 79 days. But who's counting, you know? We're getting married soon. And we're really excited to get married. And then one day I was talking with my dad and we were debating all this on whether, on whether we were actually questioning. I was actually questioning whether kisses in the mouth to your girl, if it's good, if it's not good, if it's, a, if it's able, if you're not able, touching, all that kinds of stuff. And if you want to know about that, you want to know what we came to a conclusion? In Insane, we're going to talk about that. Not today. And in the month of sex, we're going to talk about this. So you got to keep coming to this church if you want to find out. Uh-huh. Boom, baby. I got you guys. I got you good. <laughs> but anyway, me and my girl, we decided that even because it was, because, it, because we want to make sure that we're right before the Lord, because we want to make sure that we did everything that we can before the Lord, I told her, babe, you know what we're going to do for the next three months, all the way till we get married, I don't want us to kiss in the mouth. I want us to try to not hold hands as much as possible. I want us to try to do anything as much as possible. I don't want to do nothing because I want to make sure that, I'm, that I'm, in, I'm well in front of God. And I don't ever want to say, I don't ever want to say is what I told to her. I don't ever want to say that I can't do it. I don't want to break my promise because I say, no, I can't do it, man. It's impossible not to kiss your girlfriend. It's impossible not to kiss your girlfriend. No, it's not that I can. It's that I don't want to. So what I do is the whole point of fasting. And we decided to fast for three months. For three months, we're, 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 we're going to stay away from each other as much as we can, away from each other. And the first month is going to be because we love God. The second month is going to be because we're grateful for everything that he's done. And the third month is going to be declaring a blessing over our marriage that we're going to stay together. We're not going to fall into the stigma of divorce. And we're not going to start fighting because we believe that this relationship, God put it together. So we decided to do that. Josue, why are you telling us this? Because I want to prove to myself that I want to be right before God. I want to prove to myself I want to say, I want to be right before you, God. I want to devote myself to you, God. And when I mentioned this to, to a couple people, to a couple of the guys, they were like, you know what, man, I want to try it too. And it's already spreading because there's a group of people in Young United and in Actor that believes that it's our time to be right before God because we want to do it. We want to be right before God. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be wrong. But you keep saying that you can't because you don't want to. Look at what it says, 1 Corinthians. Look, check this out, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I'm going to give a second to see if the guys can get it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, because I want you to see it. I have it in a different version, but you can still see it. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 13 says the following. It says, no temptation. This is what the Bible says. No temptation. And when it says temptation, the actual word in Greek, when you look at it, the literal transliteration is trial. And the Bible is saying, Paul is saying, no temptation slash trial has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Listen up, buddy. Stop crying. Hey, stop crying. It has, you're not the only one that go through that. 
You're not the only one that faced temptation. You're not the only one that tries to go through fornication. You ain't the only one, man. Everybody is common to mankind, and God is faithful. God is good, and this is why I love him. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. No matter what your freaking situation is, God is saying that he has already created an escape, created a different route where if you take it and you follow him, you'll be able to step out. But you don't want to take that route, do you? You want to keep doing the same thing that you've been doing. So you're beating on a dead horse and you still don't get it. You don't want to let go. You don't want to take that route. You want to take your own route. You want to do your own thing. But God already provided it, so don't look at me in the face if you're a Christian and tell me that you can't do it. Yes, you can't. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to. Look at the person next to you. Be like, hey, pay attention. Pay attention. If you believe in God, no matter what you're going through, if you believe in God, you can go through it. You can go through it. All you got to do is believe in God. If you have had to flip the switch, you can go through it. Look at another example in Philippians 4.11. Now that I am asked, now that I am speaking of being in need, Philippians 4.11 and 12. Not that I am speaking in being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation. Listen, whatever situation. What situation? What situation? I am to be content. He's happy. No matter what happens, he is happy. He is satisfied. He is okay. He is understanding of the situation no matter which one it is. And verse 12 says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And pastor said something today that blew my mind and I want to quote him. I want to quote pastor. Your current situation is exactly what Paul is saying. Exactly what Paul is saying. That no matter the situation, he is happy. Because he understood, and here comes a quote, that your current situation plus you equals an opportunity to your life's purpose. Man, that is good. Your current situation plus you equals an opportunity to your life's purpose, equals an opportunity for your anointing. Right now, you're going through a hard time in in your work. Right now, you might be going through a hard time with sin. Right now, you might be going through a hard time with sadness, depression, with fornication, with masturbation, with homosexuality, with abortion. And no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is, no matter your situation, because you're in it, it equals an opportunity for you to fulfill your life's purpose and for you to be anointing by God. So you don't have an excuse that what you're going through is too tough because what you're going through is the best thing that could ever happen to you. And God is so sovereign and so good that he knew that that would take you to where you got to be, church. To where you got to be, church. Will you see this or will you ignore it because you don't want to? Listen to this. I'm going to read a verse real quick to you. Philippians 4.13. How many of you know that verse? Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's stop right a minute. Let's stop right a minute. Light bulbs. Light bulbs. Let's do light bulbs, all right? Light bulbs. Say with me, light bulbs. Light bulbs. Light bulbs. Light bulbs. I wanted to see how much you guys actually going. Light bulbs. No, I'm just kidding. Not anymore. Let's do light bulbs. Jessica, let's do light bulbs. You got light bulbs? Like, I got two light bulbs right here. Two light bulbs. Two awesome Tremendously great light bulbs. And what I'm going to do is that I want to volunteer to help me work with this light bulbs. And I, wanna, I just want to show you something cool. Something cool that Pastor did this morning and I thought it was amazing. I want to sh- show it to you. And uh, let me see. Let's choose uh, 
Joel, Joel, come over here, man. I miss you, man. I haven't seen you in forever, bro. Let's give it up for Joel. Let's give it up for Joel. Boom, baby. Joel started going to the gravity. He's a living testimony. When he started going to the gravity, he didn't want to have to do anything with church. And now he's involved in his church. He's involved in his youth. And he's doing awesome. He's fulfilling his purpose. And he decided to visit us today. So let's give it up for Joel. I'm proud of you, man. Joe, look, I'm going to give you these two light bulbs. And I want you to hold these two light bulbs. And I'm going to try to bring this as much forward as I can right here. Stand behind it so people can see you. And what I want you to do is that I want you... I want you to put, the, to put this light bulb, and I want you to, to just put it in there, screw it in. Boom. The light bulb works, right? Is it hot? Yeah? Okay, touch it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, man. Don't do it. The light bulb's real hot because the light bulb is fulfilling its purpose. What does the light bulb do? It lights up. And right now, this light bulb is fulfilling its purpose, and it's lighting up. So what I want to do is that I want to turn off this light bulb. There we go. And wait, let me give you a rag. Now, take it off. Take it off again. I want you guys to see this because this is really cool. He put on a light bulb. The light bulb fixes its purpose, and it turned on, and it was amazing. So now he's going to take off that light bulb. And the other cool light bulb that I gave him, he's going to put it in, do the exact same thing. And now I want you to turn it on, bro. Does it work? Is it working, church? Is it fulfilling its purpose? Why isn't it fulfilling its purpose? Well, you're up close. It doesn't have, what did you say? It's empty. It's empty. It doesn't have anything. So that's why it's not going to work, right? Thanks, bro. You can give me the light bulb. Let's give it out for Joel. The light bulb doesn't work because it's empty. Let's go back to Philippians 4.13, and I want to read it, but I want to give it a different twist that maybe you haven't seen before. I want to read it to you, pretty much almost the full thing in the original. Philippians 4.13 says the following, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All things through him who strengthens me. We see this verse. We put it in, in, in tattoos. We put it in shoes. We put it in everything. And everywhere we go, I can do all things. Sports teams use it a lot, man. Even atheists. They're like, yeah, Philippians 4.13. It pumps them up. They're all excited about Philippians 4.13. Everybody's using the verse. You know this verse. And we all say, oh, that's great. That's great. If we trust in God, if we trust in God, he's going he's gonna to do the work. And we're going to be able to fulfill. I want you to read this verse because this verse, even though it's already powerful, is much more powerful than what you think. Look at what this verse says, actually. I can do all things through Christ. The, the word through in the original Greek is N. Say with me, N. And end is an intermediate word. It's an intermediate definition that, that the scholars, whenever they translated it, they used this word. But this word is actually two words. It, the real translation says, I can do all things as ek which are the two original words instead of N. But they use N to connect them both. Look at what they mean. Look at what the first word means. I can do all things through. First derivation of this word is ice. And ice means into or toward. Ice means in the right place. That's what it means. It says, I can do all things through. I can do all things ice. Ice him who strengthens me. I can do all things in, into, towards in the place of, I can do it. And then the second, the second word that is used is ek. I can do all things ek. And ek means out of. 
away from. Look at this. Look at how interesting it is. A bunch of you are asleep and you're not going to get this message. Others of you, this is going to blow your mind. What the Bible is saying in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things in, out of Christ who strengthens me. In, out of who strengthens me. So what the heck, what does that mean? When it says out of, when it says out of or away from, the actual word that's being used is like an instrument. Look at that. It says that it is instrumentality. It says, I can do all things in and away from slash instrument. Christ is strengthening me. Josue, I don't get it. In order for you to be able to achieve every single thing that you've proposed in this life and to be able to go farther to things you can't even imagine, to heal, to speak tongues, to make this generation a better generation the way that I started speaking from, is that you need to be inside of God and outside of yourself because your body needs to be an instrument in God so that he can use it. If your body, don't clap here, don't clap here, listen to this. If your body has a mind of its own, eh? if your body has a mind of its own, thoughts of its own, ways of its own, it is not an instrument. The guitar cannot play itself, and a guitar cannot play itself because it does not have a mind of its own. And even though it looks beautiful, it doesn't play itself. But it becomes beautiful, oh my gosh, it becomes beautiful whenever it's in the hands of the man who has the power and can play it and make the best sound that could ever be heard to man. But if the, if the guitar had a mind of its own, Mike could never play because the guitar would be doing its own thing. Mike would be doing its own thing, and it would sound disgusting. It can never be used. Hey, it can never be used. It can never release its actual power and potential because it's trying to do everything on its own. And what the Bible is saying is that you got to be guitar. You got to be just like a light bulb, that it is not just like a real good light bulb. The first thing that you need, church, in order for, to fulfill your purpose and to flip the switch is that you got to be full of the Holy Spirit. Joel said that it didn't work because it's empty. And if it's empty, it'll never fulfill its purpose. You got to be full of God. You got to be full of the Holy Spirit. You are sad. You are lost because you don't know your purpose. And you don't know your purpose because you're not connected to God. You're not full. You're empty. And you feel empty. That's, that's the irony of it. You feel empty. You feel like the world has nothing to offer to you. But you still run to it. You still run away from church. But you keep feeling empty. That's the irony of life. When God is saying, if you're full of me, and if you are just an instrument, if you are just a glass who doesn't have a mind of its own, and away from the source of power, away from the source of power, doesn't do anything, if you would just trust in me, if you would just get full of me, and if you would just become an instrument in my hands, you could do so much. You could fulfill your purpose. You could be beautiful. You could make a difference. You can make a difference. Church, church. Let me tell you something. Real Christians, listen to me, because I'm almost done. I'm two minutes done. I'm almost two minutes done. I finished early today. Real Christians, we conquer. No, 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 no. You didn't get it. Let's not go through this again, church. Real Christian, we conquer. And the reason that we conquer is because real Christians, real ones, not fake ones, coming into church doesn't make you Christian. So a bunch of you right here that you're not a Christian. There's a bunch of you right here that are yelling amen, and you might not even be a Christian. You know how to play the game. You know how to lift your hands. You know how to jump. You know how to walk, and you know how to address yourself with a hello, how you doing? God bless you. Ha-ha. 
You don't have to play the game. But in real life, you're not a Christian. Real, true Christians that understand and know and seek the power of God will conquer no matter what. Will conquer no matter what. And what I'm trying to say to you, what I'm trying to say to you is that if you can't conquer your problem, if you say that you can't get through this, can't get over that boy or over that girl, you can't. Not a real Christian because you don't know God. I'm hitting you with the toughest sermon that you've ever heard in your life. And that's why a bunch of you are slipping out of your face because it's too tough. It's too rough. But the power of the Holy Spirit is the same way. To release it, it ain't going to be easy, baby. It ain't just going, flipping the switch, woof, everything happens. You got to go through a process. Your mind, your body, your soul, your strength has to be shaped into doing something that you're not used to do. And what I'm telling you is that right now, if you're struggling with something and you've been struggling with something and you're in a condition of sin, I'm facing you right in the face. If you're in a condition of sin and you give excuses that you can't get over that boy, you can't get over that girl, you can't stop working, you can't do this, you can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't stop stealing. What I'm telling you right in your face, no matter who you are, is that you are not a real Christian because you do not know God and you're not full of him. And even though you already have his power inside of you, you're not releasing it. You're not letting it take control of you. So how do you pretend to ever do something? Real Christians conquer. If you want to conquer, the first thing that you got to do before you leave this door is that you got to re-give your life to God, is that you got to give it to Him, and you got to remind yourself of the commitment that you did years ago. For all the youth, for all the youth that you're here, if you can't stop doing the stupid, idiotic things that you're doing that are taking, throwing your life away, if you can't stop doing them, you can't stop having sex with this girl, sex with this guy, you can't stop smoking weed, you can't stop disrespecting the people that are around you, and all you're doing is messing up my image, you're messing up all the other youth's image, you're not a real Christian, and you don't know God. If you would know him, you would get full of him, and you'd be able to step out of any situation that you wanted to. And for all the leaders in church, it goes the same thing, because this message hit me first. If you're a leader in church and you keep struggling with the same thing, you keep struggling with the same thing and struggling with the same thing, the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of you, but it doesn't have control over you and you're not full of it and you're not running with it because you can't conquer what he can and he is inside of you. He is inside of you. Real Christians conquer and the fact that everyone knows, listen, the fact that everyone knows that we can't do it that we have limitations, the fact that everyone knows that you struggle with that, the fact that your wife knows that you struggle with that and somebody knows your secret, it makes God so much beautiful when you conquer. makes him so much stronger. Look at what the Bible says. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, Paul is saying about a problem that he's having, about a situation that he's facing, about a situation that he's going through. And Paul says, but he said to me, God said to him, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, his power, his capability, his limitless nature his power is made perfect in the fact that you're full of limitations, in the fact that you're weak. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that my power of, for the, the power of Christ may rest upon me and may do the job upon me and through me. Moses divided the sea. Moses cannot divide the sea because he's full of limits, but God went through him and he was able to do it. Paul was able to survive. They were able to keep on going. Great men of the Bible were able to keep on going because even though they were weak, they were let. God rest upon them. And I end with this, and I end with this. Grace, grace, grace. It's sufficient. That's all you need. All you need, all you need, all you need is His amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amazing grace, amazing grace. Church, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes right there where you are. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And I want to give you a sense of hope. I want to give you a sense of hope today because somebody here in this room has been feeling that they can't do it. Somebody here in this room has been putting limitation after limitation after limitation, not in themselves, but in God. And they've been putting their limitations in God right now, no matter what you're struggling with. Listen to me. Listen to me. Escúchame, escúchame, escúchame. Que no importa lo que tú estés atravesando. God has control of you. God can help you go through it. No matter what you're going through, God can help you go through it. You can do it. Real Christians will conquer, church. Real Christians will conquer. And all you got to do is delight in his amazing grace. Just delight in his amazing grace. Because the sound is sweet. And your chains are gone. And today you become free if you trust in his power. And you trust in his forgiveness. And you flip the switch in your life. The Holy Spirit will come. And it will equip you with everything that you need to become the person that God wants you to be. And created you to be. Church, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. How sweet is the sound in your life. In your life. If this message was for you. If this message is for you, I want you to be able to stand up right there where you are. You don't got to come up front. All you got to do is stand up. If you recognize, if you recognize that you need to trust in God a little bit more, if you recognize that you want to get full of his Holy Spirit day in and day out, you want the Holy Spirit to take over you. You just got to delight in his amazing grace. If you would like to learn more about iChurch OKA Ministries, please visit our website at www.ichurchoka.com.